The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Um, it's a wonderful network. I'm in my 14th year on Voice America. I started almost at the beginning, I think a couple of years uh, after Voice America had begun. And it's a wonderful place to be. So check out all the other programs and hosts because it's about making the world a better place and really helping people. And we are certainly doing that today. I have a really great guest on the program who's been on before. And her name is Mary O'Sullivan. And Mary is the owner of Encore Executive and Professional Coaching. And her website is EncoreExecutiveCoaching.com. And we're talking today about behavior at work in terms of your career. What if you're burned out? Um, you know, what if you want to find a new job? What if you lose your job? What do you do doing all of these times? So welcome, Mary. Hello, Patricia. I'm so happy to be with you today. So glad to be with you. So, you know, one of the things I know you talk about is that when we have, you know, we may want to get a new job, but sometimes we Mm -hmm. don't realize that if our behavior is not professional, we really can sabotage our career choices. Right. It's amazing that People are not aware of these things, and I think what happens, particularly for those that have lost their jobs or have been laid off or quit, is they have not been on interviews or in the working world for a long time, so they forget. And we talked a while back about a survey that was done by Harris for some HR managers, and uh, the the results were just unbelievable. But there was also recently an article in Money Talks magazine that <laughs> brings up some other really um, unusual things that people do during interviews, which are completely unacceptable. And um, this was also a another survey that was done of 2,400 hiring managers. And um, so, so some of the things that people need to avoid uh, are talking or bad-mouthing a, their previous implor- employer. Mm-hmm. And one of the findings of the survey was that there were people that provided a detailed list of how previous employers made them mad. Now, I actually had a client that went through this exact same thing, which I found was really um, just incredible that she began her interviews by telling the new hiring manager about all the woes of her previous job. So as incredible Mm -hmm. as as it sounds, 
people do that. So another thing that happens is a lots of times you go into a hiring manager's office and they have things on their desk. And last time we spoke, I, I talked about uh, a person who took a picture frame off the person's desk and put it in her purse. So how is that person going to get hired with stealing something right in front? Now, that was an actual finding. I'm not making that up as hard as it is to believe. But in this particular case, another finding was that there was a candy bowl on the, the hiring manager's desk, and the person who was being interviewed ate all the candy from the candy bowl while simultaneously trying to answer the interviewer's questions. So wow. that's not a good thing to do. I mean, you know, it's, other a, things it's, like, it's kind of amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's all it? self-sabotaging behavior. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Other hmm. things like answering a cell phone or texting during the interview... Um, it, this particular study says that the 69% of the people dressed inappropriately, 69% appeared disinterested, 66% appeared arrogant, uh-huh. um, 59% were chewing gum. Mm. So these are not good things to do. So what are the alternatives? So mm-hmm. I guess people are really stressed or just they haven't been coached properly or they haven't been taught proper professional behavior. So one of the things, and I always tell my clients this, is always keep it positive. Always keep it upbeat. Never say anything negative. Don't ever mm-hmm. use even a word like I'm afraid or I'm afraid I can't answer that. Don't mm-hmm. use that terminology. I was just rehearsing that. Uh, discussion with a client earlier this week where she was telling me about an interview situation where she was asked over the phone to provide some examples of documentation that she had produced for her previous company. And she said, I'm afraid I no longer have access to that. And I said, you know, it wasn't the point that you no longer have access to it, but that you use that term. It was a negative Mm-hmm. It was a negative way so to what, start what, the conversation. So what might she what might she have said, Mary? So what I coached her to say was that I'd be happy to provide you with any material that can support your question. However, I no longer have access to company material. Simple. Mm-hmm. You know, you can hear how that just changes the entire tone of the conversation. So I try to encourage people to do that. Always be positive. The other thing is, is keep your decorum about you. Keep it professional. Even if you're sitting in a casual setting like a Starbucks, don't get into personal things. Don't, uh, don't get into family issues or, you know, your recent divorce. This is not the time to unload your emotional feelings. Keep it very professional and focus on the job that you're interested in and selling yourself. So always keep it on the up and up. And that's not that hard to do. You just have to remember those things. The other thing that I encourage people to do, and I do this in my business, is when I'm coaching someone who's going on an interview, we practice. 
So we go over the scenario. We practice the words that they should choose. Sometimes it upsets them and they say, well, you know, that's not the way I really talk. And I said, you only have to talk like this once to get you in the door, right? You don't have to pretend you're somebody that you're not, but just be very careful. So I'm willing to practice with my clients, but I also tell them, take what we're doing here and go out and practice with a friend, practice in front of a mirror, practice saying the words that we've discussed and practice eliminating these negative words. The other thing that's important is your body language. That's very important. Sitting up straight, not being sloppy, all those things. And be honest. Be honest with the person. Don't try to pretend that you know something that you don't. If you don't know an answer, just say, you know, I I don't have an answer for that. But Mm -hmm. if you needed that information, here's how I would find it for you. So you want to make yourself stand out from other candidates and get the job. And that's always my, um, my message to my clients is what's going to distinguish you from everybody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so. It, it's very much about, well, some of it's common sense. I mean, some of the stories right. you just told, you can't imagine that people would do that. And as right. you said, it's self-sabotaging behavior. And so if you do have clients like that, you probably have them look at why did they behave that way, Right. Well, I try not to get too far into the why. I just try to um, point out the, the effect that it has on the interviewer. So, in other words, if you're going to use negative language like the word afraid, that word immediately has a connotation that's unconscious mm-hmm. in the interviewer. So, what I try to do is not delve into the why, but flip it. And, and get more into the what. So what do you think the effect on, what, what does it sound like to you when I say I'm afraid of something? Exactly. You're not, you're not focusing on the conversation. You're focusing on that negative feeling that that word gives you. You see what I'm saying? So there's a yes. little difference there. Rather than get into why are you doing this, it, it kind of for an interview, it doesn't matter why. It's that they have to sort of learn to change the behavior. Yeah. Just okay. simple modifications. And I don't ask anybody to make these gigantic leaps. The most important thing is it's kind of like the analogy of a clock that eventually that minute hand is going to turn that clock 24 hours. But if you've ever sat in a hospital waiting room, and I know you have, Patricia, and you've watched the clock while somebody's in for surgery or in for an emergency or something, that clock never seems to move. Mm-hmm. But with those, that tiny second hand moving, eventually the hours advance. And that's what I tell people. You don't have to go from one thing and jump right to the next, but just make a couple of small changes. <clears throat> and eventually you're going to advance as far as you want to go. Just by right. these little micro changes. All right, we've got three minutes to break and then we're going to come back. So just touch on this question, which is if you're burned out at work, so now you're not mm-hmm. looking for a job yet, you're burned out, but you can't quit because you're overextended, how do you handle that? Because that attitude is going to carry over into your behavior. So how do you handle right. that? 
Right. Well, in that particular case, if people are really burned out and they can't quit, they've got obligations. This is the sandwich generation where they've got kids in college and they've got parents they got to worry about. My advice in that particular case is kind of what the airlines tell everybody. You know what the airlines tell you in that little two-minute speech they give before the flight takes off, right? In case of a cabin decompression, the oxygen masks are going to drop from the top. What are you supposed to do first? You put your mask on first, right? Mm -hmm. Because I did a little research into this. If you don't take care of yourself first, the person sitting next to you, whether it's a disabled person or your child or whatever, they're going to die. You're both going to die. So there's, you only have 12 minutes of oxygen in those air masks. And after that, everybody goes unconscious. So you've got to get that oxygen mask on yourself first. So that's my advice. And, it, and it's good advice, generation. Too. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to tell take care of how, yourself. Tell people how they can find you, and then we're going to come back, and after the break, we're going to talk about if you are overextended and you want to start looking, how do you network effectively? How do you approach strang- mm-hmm. strangers? How do you present yourself? And then right. if you lose your job, which is a little different, because if you've now lost your job and you're not networking because you know you may want to find something, but now it's a necessity, how do you handle that? And also take right. steps to you know recoup your income and get over your anger and your pride. So that's what we're going to talk about after the break. Exactly. How can people find you? And do you do consults over the phone? Absolutely. I do consults over the phone. There's no extra charge for that. Um, I'm on the web. I'm at www.EncoreExecutiveCoaching.com. And my phone number is area code 401 742 one nine six five, and it's Mary O'Sullivan. All right, um, your number again: four zero one seven four two one nine six five. Right. All right, terrific. All right, we're going to take Great. a quick break. My guest is Mary O'Sullivan, and she is a certified coach, and her company is Encore Consulting. It's Encore Executive and Professional coaching and she is a professional coach she's been in the corporate world for many years and now is helping other people who may want to leave the corporate world or may want to find another job and in that period what do they do encoreexecutivecoaching.com 401-742-1965 you're looking you're listening to the patricia raskin show right here on voiceamerica.com america's voice and we'll be right back right after the break Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. 
Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to the Patricia Raskin show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin show. Hello everyone and welcome back. Welcome back to the Patricia Raskin show right here on Voice America, America's Voice. And we are continuing our terrific discussion with my guest Mary O'Sullivan, who is the owner of Encore Executive and Professional Coaching. And her website is encoreexecutivecoaching.com. And we're talking about what to do, you know, on in the, the job when you want to find another job, how do you do that? And if you've been let go. What are, the, what are the steps you take? Welcome back, Mary. Thank you, Patricia. All right. So if you're networking and you have to approach strangers and mingle and present yourself because, you know, you're in a, you may, let's say you're in a job, but you're not happy and you really want your next step. What should right. you know, particularly for networking and, and knowing how to present yourself and explain what you do and give your pitch? Well, there's a couple of things that I recommend that people do, particularly people that have not been in circulation for a while. And again, this is another thing that I rehearse with people who really are self-conscious. They've been either out of the workforce for a while or they haven't had to look for a job for a while. So most people are very self-conscious. So we work on their confidence building and proper attire and whatever. And I recommend uh, several different networking events that I'm aware of in the area, in, uh, in our local area, as well as in Boston. And I tell them to just keep your head up high when you walk in the room and, and acknowledge people as you walk in. Smile. Be pleasant. Don't stiffen up like a corpse. Walk very graciously go up to the bar, and then immediately, you know, half of the women say, well, I don't drink, and I don't want to give the impression that I drink. So drinking is not the issue. It's you're walking up to the bar to show that you are being sociable. Most of these networking events will give you a coupon for the first free drink, right? So you go up and you get a Diet Coke with a piece of lime or lemon in it, or you get just a sparkling water with a piece of lemon in it. Nobody knows it's not alcoholic. 
And some people just don't drink. There are some people that can't drink for whatever reason. So that's not an issue. So you go to the bar, you get your drink, whatever it is, and there are people there at the bar. What's the next step? So my recommendation is that you turn to the closest person to you, you offer your hand, you introduce yourself, you say what you specialize in or what you do or what you're, if you're not working, what your specialty is. And then the next question is, what do you do? So you want to get the focus off yourself and learn more about people because every person at that particular event has potential to be able to help you in some way connect with an employer that you're interested in. In fact, if you do strike up uh, a conversation, you may get introduced to others. Somebody might say, you know, I know somebody who's in the recruiting business or I know somebody somebody else who just got laid off from whatever company, or I know, you know, a person who needs a person like you that might be of help. So the first thing you do after you make your introduction is you ask the person about him or herself. And if the conversation kind of winds down a little bit, you say something like, well, I was, I was wondering what you do because I wanted to know if there was a way that maybe you and I could help each other, either with whatever they're seeking or with, other, with, with whatever so you what, are what seeking. What you're saying is it's not, you're not selling at all. You're not really selling. You're really coming into this with, here's who I am, here's what I do, I'd like you to know about it, and maybe I can help you too. Exactly. The okay. other thing that I emphasize with people is, even if you've been let go from work, you go to Staples and for $10, you can get 100 business cards. And they don't have to be anything fancy. You can put a graphic or your picture, which I think is important. You can put your picture on it. But just your name, your contact information, and what you specialize in. So let's say you were an HR compliance professional for 30 years and you lost your job. You put your name and you put specializing in HR compliance and your contact information. And maybe if you've created a website or you have a LinkedIn page, you put that down. And then the back, you have very little writing on. And also, you don't want to print in glossy. I made that mistake myself because if you have a glossy business card, you really can't write on it with a pen. And if you write on it with a Sharpie, it just slips right off. It smudges right off. So those are little tips I like to give people for effective networking. Um, so the other thing is you don't want to stand in one place. But I want to go back to what to, you said, particularly about okay. LinkedIn, because I mm-hmm. think that a lot of people don't see the value of LinkedIn, and I've heard more business people tell me how they've made terrific contacts through LinkedIn. Exactly, exactly. So link, a LinkedIn profile is very important. Um, even if you're shy and you don't want people to know that you lost your job, you still go on there, give your job history, give your educational background. Um, you can just put down your specialty. You don't have to say, you know, lost my job at so-and-so. You say specializing in contract management, specializing in program management, specializing in pharmaceutical sales. 
but make it very complete. And LinkedIn is really good about this. They'll, they have a little scorecard, so they score you on how complete your, um, your profile is. And then you just start making connections. One of the things that I learned through LinkedIn was the first thing you need to do is take likely people that are, that are going to help you. And, and the guide is, this is a really good hint for everybody, the guideline for who you connect with or who's in your contact list are the first 250 people that would go to your funeral. So those those are your initial contacts, yes. So because the reason is those people know you and they care about you. They care whether or not you're going to get hired. They want you to have the best for you. They want they want the best for you. So they have some kind of investment in you. They know you. You've had dinner together. You've had drinks together. Uh, your you kids do? played you on just the same soccer them team. And see if you can have a phone conversation. Is that how you'd handle that? I'm sorry, I missed the question. Would, would you write to them? Let's say you you go through that list and you find the first 20 people, right? Would you then write to them and have a phone conversation? Some of them may not be in your area of the country, so how? Well, would that you... doesn't matter. That doesn't really matter. You you just these are contacts that you already have that right. you know from either work or social events, and they are not going to care if you put them on your LinkedIn list. Right. So you can just, LinkedIn allows you to load these automatically from your contact list on your computer. Yeah, so we'll you can just, load them right up there, and then you would send each one um, a LinkedIn request. And you could email them in advance. There's no harm to that. But if they're on LinkedIn, they're going to expect to get um, requests to connect. So there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, That's perfectly great. acceptable. All right. So let's talk yeah, about... I thought that was, we a, have three that minutes was a good left. guide, so though. Okay. It is, and they're very good. How, what do you do if you lose a job? Steps to recover your pride and your anger and recoup your income. And as I said, we have about three minutes. So Right. So if you lose your job, that's the first thing is how did you lose the job? So did you get laid off? If you were laid off, make sure that you've maximized your benefits. Don't turn down anything that you're entitled to because you earned it. If you spent 30 years in a company, you've earned the unemployment benefits that go with that. You've earned whatever severance package, uh, whatever that entails, whether it's insurance company uh, coverage, whether it's tuition reimbursement, whether it's free headshots, whether it's outplacement services, don't walk away from that. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. If you quit your job or if you get fired, God forbid, usually people aren't getting fired these days unless it's a, like a waiter job or something. They, if you're going to get fired, usually they're nice enough to give you some kind of severance mm -hmm. if, you're, if you can work it out that way. But if you just walk out, you kind of burn bridges, right? And people mostly do that because they're too proud to go in and ask for a layoff, and they're very, very angry. So what I recommend for people, do not compromise your savings at all. Never do that. Just find something, even if it's going to work at Home Depot 
um, whatever it is, if you have to go waitering, if you have to go to work at the post office or FedEx, if they have seasonal Mm -hmm. hiring, you Mm -hmm. need to pay your bills. The other thing, I'm going to go back to the sandwich generation. All right, then we have one minute. Go ahead. You don't have any obligation to pay for kids' college. Kids can take out their loans. You're 50, they're 20. You need to save for your retirement. So you need to have that steady income to get back on your feet and then start your networking process, start your job search process for the job that's right for you at the income level that you want. You may have to take some less money. Sometimes it's 20% less, but you should not be acting out of anger. And in a lot of cases, you're better off swallowing your pride and moving on. People don't want to hear that, but that's the best path Absolutely. to moving ahead. All right, Mary, it's been great to have you on. Just tell us quickly Thank again so how people much. can find you. I'm on the web at www.EncoreExecutiveCoaching.com. My phone number directly to me, you can call me anytime, is 401 742 one nine six five. I'll be more than happy to take your call, and all of Patricia's listeners are entitled to a complimentary twenty-minute exploratory conversation with me. Yeah, that's wonderful. All right, Mary O'Sullivan, and president you, of Encore Executive Coaching. All right, Great. thank you. Thank you so much, Mary. I talk to You're you welcome. Soon. All right, stand in line Bye. for a minute. All right, folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back with our second interview right here on the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Oh,